back. I'm here real with Omar. My special guest today is the life insurance mercenary, Darwin Roman. Darwin and I know each other for about four years? Yeah, okay. we're going on that now. So we met four years ago. We both founded um, chapters of a certain uh, organization um, and we left them successfully and we still remain friends. He's a, one of my financial advisors and I wanted to bring him on to dis discuss a few things. Don't want anything you want to say first? Well, first of all, thanks for having me here. It's good to see you. Glad to have you. Uh, you know, actually, we were joking about it before losing track of time. We said four years, almost trying to figure it out because right. this year was kind of crazy. And we don't know if it's been. Still crazy. It could be 10 years uh, you know, at this yeah. point. We don't know. But, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's good to see you again. It's good Absolutely. to see that we're all healthy. And uh, I'm definitely blessed to be here and be able to share some knowledge and, and information with regards to, to we're building wealth. We're yeah. about building wealth. Yeah. So I think that's the big thing. I think everybody gets in love with the fact of maybe making a lot of money. Um, I think people kind of, they, they lose sight of the fact that once you reach a certain level, your, your expenses tend to crank up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my, for my big thing, like, so really this podcast is kind of really for me because I'm always planning ahead. Um, you know, how do we ensure against, uh, you know, like you're, I'm the primary producer for my family. Like there's a lot of people like that. How do you how do you properly shield or protect somebody, and in, in whatever level, whether it's the beginning or the middle, or or they reach a certain uh, financial status, what's the plan? Like, what what do you what do you do? What do you look for when you sit with somebody? Like, hey man, let's take a look at everything. Tell sure. me, like, give me an analysis. Sure, sure, sure. I'd say <clears throat> I look at it, and it may, maybe using a football analogy would be the best way to go about it. It's about office and defense. Okay, right. So I look at your strategy. I say, okay, listen. The end result, it was trying to get to the end zone. We're right. trying to win the game. Right. So I say, all right, Omar, you're the, you're the, you're the owner of your team. Mm -hmm. right? So what do you have in place as a strategy for your offense and your defense so you're going to win your championship? Okay. And then we look at that, at that strategy and say, how has it played out so far? Right. right? Because we, as we know, football teams change coaches after a while, change right. quarterbacks, right? right. <laughs> so, eventually change ownership. And, and change yeah. ownership. Yeah. Teams, right? bad, yeah. So we look at that and say, okay, because eventually we want to make sure that this strategy is the right one to be able to achieve what you're looking to do. And it could be achieving peace of mind, mm -hmm. right? It could be the first thing is saying, listen, I want to make sure on the defensive side uh, that if something were to happen drastically, whether it be an unexpected death or disability, right? We want to make sure we protect that because you're the owner of the team and you want to make sure that the rest of your family, right? The rest of your team right. is going to be financially protected. So that could be one of the conversations where we start. Okay. And right. that, that right now what we're talking about is like life insurance. Sure. Right? Yeah. Life right. insurance. Right. Now, I, I was, I was thinking about this, like, let's say, mm -hmm. and I'm just throwing numbers out. Mm -hmm. um, let's say I have a net worth of a million two, right? Mm -hmm. Just based on that number, um, what kind of life insurance do you like, do you, do you recommend somebody? Sure. Um, I would say I look at the net worth as a way of saying, well, how liquid is it? Because I, we look at, in order to really calculate the right amount of life insurance, we want to make sure you're, you're doing a P&L, right? You're doing your profits and losses in a way or, or okay. assets and liabilities, right? right? And we look at and say, okay, what would, let's pretend you didn't have life insurance and you have all these assets. What would, what would we tap into first in the event of an emergency, right? right? Let's say if something unexpected happened. Liquidity, like what could Liquidity, we, right. What could we grab? And okay. then... Then we say, okay, but we needed a certain amount of protection. How much of those liquidity assets will, will cover that protection? If there's a gap, then, hey, you know what? How do we protect that gap now? Now, there's, now it's a life insurance conversation to have, okay? Right. okay? Because some people say, well, if you're ultra wealthy, you can be self-insured. That may be the case. Right. That may be the case. But then we say, well, listen, well, then if you're ultra wealthy, 
and you have a high net worth, well, then we have to talk about how we preserve that wealth. It's about shielding your assets. Right, point, because right? then at that point, it's a different conversation. Right. Right? So it's all right. based on, on the individual. So whether the person has a dollar in their bank account or $100 million in their bank account, it's about finding the right strategy that makes sense for them so that so that we're using whatever they have in place and then and either expanding that or enhancing that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm thinking, I'm talking about uh, HRN right now in terms of the real estate uh, platform. Sure. So what I'm thinking about doing is offering new agents a few things. Um, one of them is life insurance policy. Okay. Right. Uh, life insurance policy of let's say a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Um, what would that cost me as an owner, and is that tax deductible? So um, when a person, when a, when a company offers what you're asking is basically an employee benefit or a fringe benefit. Right. Uh, a fringe benefit is when you as an employer would actually absorb the costs okay. of that benefit on behalf of the employee. Okay. Right. So you as the employer would receive a tax deduction on the company side because you are spending your dollars to provide right. a benefit for your employees. Uh, as the employee, obviously, it's a retention tool, rewarding tool, because they see that, hey, listen, as long as I'm employed here, I have this coverage with you, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it benefits both parties in that sense. So for you as the owner, sure, it absolutely will be a benefit on the, on the back end for your company. So my big thing right now, I know that there's a million real estate companies like EXP, Double sure. Settlement, all these big time places. So I'm more of a boutique shop, right? Mm -hmm. And right now, I'm like the, the main the main producer mm -hmm. what i'm looking to do is offer my agents that might come on life insurance what other ideas can you give me as a fringe benefit to offer agents mm -hmm. uh besides you know marketing and and coaching and stuff like that um because everybody kind of does that um i'm just really trying to, to to change the way that's designed sure what, what sure. ideas would you be able to give me to give sure. agents that are coming so and, and i would say um as a company owner mm -hmm. uh let's let's go back to the life insurance conversation for a second okay. so yeah, you can structure it that way where it's a, it's a kind of a blanket issued uh, policy that covers the employees for just for protection purposes. But there is a way where you can structure life insurance plans as a bonus arrangement. So for example, that, yeah. let's say you have a top producer. Matter of fact, let's go back to the football analogy. Okay. Okay. So uh, Tim, Jim Harbaugh is okay. currently the head coach for Michigan, right? right? So part of his compensation package is this uh, bonus arrangement that the, he has with the university. Mm -hmm. That bonus arrangement is dollars, is actually funding a giant life insurance policy. For him. For him. In the event of his death, his family will get that benefit. But there's a restriction where he has to serve a certain amount of years as coach of the university okay. for him to be able to get that policy and him walk away with it. In the meantime, the university actually owns it. It's okay. their policy. So they're and the insured. So they're, they're, the, they're they actually the owner of the contract. He's the insured, okay. right? However, once he, he fulfills his obligation of service that they agreed upon, they will then relinquish ownership of that contract to him and whatever values have been built in there and also the death benefit that's grown over time will be his. And but that, that becomes a liquid asset? It, it, becomes, it can become liquid. Uh, it's his at that point. And the point is that um, he, it was highly subsidized because basically the university paid it on his behalf with the agreement that he would be the coach. Okay. Right? So the same thing could happen here. You could, you could Any business really could, uh, it's, it's called executive bonus arrangement. Okay. And what you're doing is <clears throat> you're taking dollars and you're funding, say, let's say a life insurance contract. Now, why a life insurance contract? Let's also go into that part, the okay. legalities of it. Okay. Because when you have a company and you offer, let's say, a 401k plan, 
right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's a qualified retirement plan, but also has a lot of rules around it, ERISA rules, uh, non-discriminatory. So for example, you have 10 employees and you, ha you have a 401k plan you're gonna put in place for your company, you can't discriminate and pick and choose which employees get to they participate. They all have to participate. They all, you have to actually make it available for all of them. So they, they don't have to. They don't have to, okay, but you, but have, you to... have to have, offer it all to right. them. Okay, okay, okay. You can't just offer it and cherry pick your top producers and say, hey, listen, Understood. I'm gonna match your 401k, come in. No, that's mm -hmm. illegal. Okay. However, because it's a qualified retirement plan, a non-qualified retirement plan, I'll explain what that means, the difference is, is a non-qualified plan in general is actually, let's say, life insurance, right? Okay. So <clears throat> you could make that arrangement where you reward, let's say, one of your top producers, top top realtor, top loan officer, whoever. Top whoever, on, guys. Top whoever. It's anybody, yeah. right? Anybody. anybody, right? Can, anybody so you're a business owner, you have talent on your team and you want to keep them on your team. You could then use the life insurance policy structured properly as a way to be able to give them an incentive to stay with you because that, that policy will build in value over time and they can walk away with it. But you as the owner get to set the rules on okay. how. It's almost like saying, hey, listen, top producer, do you like Ferraris or Lamborghinis? They go, Lambo. Okay, I got a Lambo for you parked in a garage in New Jersey. We're in New York. However, and I have the keys in my office. As long as you stay with me for 10 years, in 10 years, I will give you that the Lambo keys to that here. Lambo. In the meantime, then you gotta keep producing. Right. Keep producing, right. do what you do, mm -hmm. right? But in 10 years. And you can set minimum criteria Yeah, you got okay. it. Okay. In 2030, when we agree that, hey, yes, you did your service, thank you, I appreciate it. At that point, you decide you wanna go out on your own, open up your own shop, whatever. The keys are here, they're, they're here for you. The Lambo's yours, you can walk away with it. That's the idea you have behind it. That's like the that. kind of the mindset of it. I like that. Mm -hmm. What about also go into how life insurance policies, if you fund them right, can become annuities? Right, so what? it's similar to what we're talking about here. Okay. So, so let's expand because I think I don't think people, mm -hmm. there's a lot of ways to make it work. Right. And people don't really know. So it. what you're doing is you're, you're, you're leveraging the, the feature, it was called cash value buildup mm -hmm. in a life insurance contract. And the way I, I explain that to a lot of people is using an example of a home. Okay. Right, and a lot of people ask me this very basic question: the difference between term insurance and permanent insurance, or also known as whole life insurance or universal life insurance. Right. People always ask, which one is better, or which one sucks, or which one do you not want to do? Mm -hmm. My explanation is very simple, like this: term insurance is is a term of time. Eventually, that term of time will expire, right? And term insurance is like renting, it's like renting an apartment. And I tell people, listen coming from the real estate world, right? Right. Um, when you're a renter, not a bad thing because it, the worst thing would be homeless, right? So right, right. you got a place to you live, place to live, right? live, sleep, eat, cook, right? Mm -hmm. You have, you you have a shelter. Quality of life. Sure, right. you have right. shelter. Uh, and then when you stop renting after 10 years and you maybe decide to become a homeowner, congratulations. But understand that obviously the, that rent, that, you, that apartment you've been renting for 10 years doesn't belong to you well, at that point. Well, just for use. Just for right. use. That's, that's a great analogy. It's, it's just, just for use. For and there's it, no right? equity in there, right? Correct. It's not yours. Right. You become a homeowner, excuse me. You become a homeowner, and now you're putting dollars into a home. So and not over... only you're enjoying your life, now you're building equity. Correct, right? and, and now that, you're building equity. That, that is what? That is what type of insurance? Permanent insurance. Permanent, or oh, is it whole life insurance? Well, yeah, permanent comes in two different flavors, so to okay. speak, whole life and universal life. Well, okay. permanent insurance cover is the general term of those type of policies, Okay. permanent. So permanent insurance, like buying a home, right? So over time, you build, you're building value in your home, you're building equity, mm -hmm. same thing happens in a permanent insurance policy. And typically, when people say, well, what's the differences in price? How much, people always ask me, how much does it cost? I say, listen, there's a difference here in the sense of cost versus contribution. Right. The big difference. So I also say, well, I speak to realtors all the time, mm -hmm. right? And I say, what's one of the biggest objections you get from a renter of not buying a home? In their mind, they think, oh, 
it's more money out of my pocket. I could come up with a down payment. I got to maybe now worry about maintenance on my end, uh, mm -hmm. worry about the backyard, something breaking. Uh, you know, that's on me now. And, that right. I, I, and as a renter, I see more dollars coming out of my pocket. Right. And then as a realtor, you say, true, you're right. That could happen. However, the benefit of being a homeowner is boom, 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 right? right. There's a lot of benefits to it. So the same, the same uh, philosophy applies to the permanent insurance policy. Now, and of course, it's all based on the person. I don't, I don't automatically go with that recommendation. Well, it depends on where financially or where, where professionally they are, Correct. right? If they're Correct. young, young family, it might not be the right time, or they want to buy a house. Correct. You know, you got to, you got to take that all that into consideration. Which is what, which is what an advisor should be doing. And that's one thing I like to point out is that when it comes to working with an advisor, an agent, um, they should be looking out for your best interest. I actually just recently won a client away from another advisor. Okay. And Go actually on. based on the fact that this advisor happens to be a family member, they're brothers. Oh boy. But the one brother who's younger is new to the industry. Right. Apparently this brother's manager is kind of really putting pressure on the product. brother. Yes, to, to actually put a certain amount of money into the product. Mm. And the brother, the, the prospective client is like, well, that's out of my budget. Right. And they're not really listening to the client. Right. So the client gets uh, gets annoyed. Small technical difficulty, but we're back. Um, and we were talking about winning over a client because what again? They weren't looking for their best interest. Right, right. And so the other financial advisor. The other advisor wasn't looking for their best interest. And so when it comes to going back to the idea is that they should look for your best interest. And they're saying, and going back to me, I've had a client They said, my goal this year is to buy a home. Right. I said, well, great. So you need to start putting dollars away, saving up for your down payment. And they were saying to me, yeah, but I really like this permanent idea. I want to put dollars in there. I know I can. Mm -hmm. And I said, I know you can fund it. And I know it's a great strategy for you. It'd be perfect. But your goal is to buy a home. Your goal becomes my goal. So I, in good conscience, can't say you should put a certain amount of dollars away into this, mm -hmm. where I know you need to start putting cash away for did your you, down payment. Did you ask them to lower? I actually to lower. I had okay. to lower. Okay. I had to okay. talk. I had to basically talk them down from okay. putting yeah. money away. Well, because I want them to get that home. Right. I said that's right. that's that your goal is my goal. I said, listen, don't let me don't let this this product romance you away from your dream. I said. This is important. Get I get the it, house. But get the house. Yeah. I said, because imagine the tax deduction you're going to get. I was like, all this stuff, I know the benefits of, of buying this home. Buy the home. I said, mm -hmm. I'll be happy. Listen, when you buy the home and we get through that, we can talk about this again a year from now. It's okay. I was right. like, just get it done. He's like, you're not losing anything by waiting a year. You're starting now. You can fund this more later. It's okay. Right. And uh, that's the right way to go about it. So if an advisor is maybe steering you a little hard, and I think that's any profession, mm -hmm. uh, they're not looking out for your best interest, live for somebody else. <clears throat> When do you think is a good time? I think my answer to my own question is probably like every six months. But when do you think is a good time for clients to reach out to you to what, whether they're established clients or maybe thinking to be clients? When is a good time for them to reach out to you? Like when is a good time to speak to a financial advisor? Do you need to have a lot of money? Well, no, you don't need to have a lot of num money, number one. Okay. Because obviously you have to start somewhere, right? right? That's number one. Uh, to answer the question about when is a good time maybe to reach out to an advisor, right. Uh, it's better, the way I see it, it's better to be proactive than reactive. So for example, it's better to have the fire extinguisher before the fire. Fire, right, right, I guess. Right, you're better off that way. Because at that point, you're gonna save yourself a lot of trouble, a lot of headache, a lot of problems. Okay. And when it comes to now, let's say you do have an advisor or an agent you're working with, or a professional you're working with, uh, reviewing what you're currently working, what you're work, working on or what you currently have with that person, is good to do. Some people would like six months, but at least on an annual basis, just even checking in. Yeah. And I do annual reviews with a lot of clients to touch in with, touch base with them to see how they're doing, yeah. 
sometimes there's nothing to discuss. Right. Nothing has changed. Everything's good. Okay, hey, listen, how's how the kids? How's the family? How are your parents doing? Everybody's this year was more about how's everybody's health. That right, was right. important now. And they say, thankfully, everybody's good. We're good. I have my job. I said, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? When this whole thing is hopefully over soon, let's talk again next year. Maybe I'll come see you. Right. right, right, right. And that's it. And sometimes the conversation goes a different way. They say, oh, actually, things have changed. I now have another child. Or I'm maybe maybe it's a bad thing. Maybe I'm getting divorced. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, those changes then trigger a need for some more counseling. And that's where the conversation is annually. Here's a in. funny question. Um, I just thought about it when you just mentioned that. All right. So let's say uh, let's say somebody's getting divorced. Right? Okay. Here right? we go. Because um, can happen, by the way. <laughs> yeah, a lot this, of pandemic. This is, listen, real life stuff. Divorces we'll about will happen. Home, all right. So check this out. Here's a question. And it's not because of me because I'm super happily married. Yes. Okay? Remember that. Um, so let's say you have a, cl- a couple that is a client, uh-huh, right? Yeah. And then you have, I'm just going to throw numbers out there. You got $100,000 in retirement accounts, $2 million in life insurance. Policy. How do you, do you, is it okay for you, like, if it's under both their names, how do you divvy that up? Do you, is, um, is that le- legality wise? How does that work? Because I think that's a real question. I think it it is a real question. Okay. Um, it also, well, to go into the legality of it, what, what happens when you're going through a divorce, though, based on your state, They'll okay. have certain laws of how to divide marital assets. Okay. So that's going to be a big part. Okay. Um, I have worked with divorce attorneys because those issues come up. And so now they may have to split the assets. Right. And let's say it's an IRA that has to get split. Now the the one spouse gets the part, the other one, they split them. And now this, this other spouse, let's say, doesn't have an advisor to work with. Mm-hmm. Now they have somebody they can work with, possibly us, right. my firm or, or my team. Um, but with, with regards to what happens after that, ends up becoming more of a legal question because the laws and the courts will well, then see. He, well, here's the question. All right, so here's the question. Um, you, you meet John and Jane. They mm-hmm. become your clients. You love them, whatever. They're getting divorced, though. You know, John or whoever. Somebody was at fault. doesn't matter who. Sure, sure, sure. So how do you determine, or can you keep both of them as clients after you split their assets? You try, you try to. Okay. You try to okay. as much as you can. You try to be neutral. Um, but it, but it might not be easy, especially if you, if, especially if there was more of a personal relationship there. Right. Let's right. say it's actually one of my, let's say let's it's be, a really I'm, intimate business. What if it's right? one of my boys, right? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, you're very, I was like, okay, <laughs> I talk to your ex now. How do, what do I do? And I think it's a more of a friend conversation. So listen, talk, talk, let's say we were friends and listen, is it okay to keep working with your ex or do you want her to work with somebody else? It's cool. Okay. Like somebody else from my office. Yeah. That's a you real, know, whoever, that's or a somewhere real, else. That's a real conversation. It's a real, somebody. it's a real thing. It happens. Yeah. And so, but I think it's more of a, a being authentic and transparent with the people yeah. at, at the table and say, listen, we have this working relationship. This relationship is not going to work anymore between the two of you. However, where does that put me? Right? Mm-hmm. And then from there, you kind of go from there. Okay. Yeah. So here's a question. Um, I have, me personally, I have three financial advisors. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm rich, but a team. Do. It's good. I have a team. Um, what's the difference between, let's say, and I'm just going to use names. Sure. A Morgan Stanley advisor, a True North advisor, um, a MetLife advisor, if they're still around. I think MetLife got bought out. Yeah, Mass Mutual. Mass Mutual. Bright House Financial. What's the difference between those three guys? Like, if you can clarify for me as well as the people listening, because you have so many different names out there, you don't know what's really good, what's not good. Right, right, right. So you're going to have, I would say, three different types of professionals in this industry. Okay. One that's mostly a wealth advisor. Okay. A uh, second one that's primarily more like a risk manager, like uh, in, based in more insurance-based products or insurance-based mindset. Okay. And the third is more of of a overall holistic financial planner. Okay. And you might see out there some professionals that have the, the designation of CFP, right, which is certified financial planner. Right. 
Um, th those professionals are, are in a different category because they're pretty holistic in the sense that they can do either of those, either either plan they can do. Any of them, um, right. And they're, they're at a level where um, some advisors also, their fees are different in the sense of a wealth manager, for example, could take on your IRA. There's going to be a management fee attached to that. Every year? As, as like every that? year, okay. for example, as as some, uh, let's say, certified financial planners may not may not charge an actual uh, fee. They may charge some kind of retainer mm. because they can. Because, I mean, there's some um, planners that because of the designation, they can say, hey, listen, as we sit down and talk today, you can not take you can take my recommendations or not. However, my time will be will, I will bill I you for my paid. time. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I still get paid. Yeah, which can do, happen. So there's so, so people that know that there are differences. So, um, but it doesn't mean that uh, one will help you better than the other. I think it's good to have a spread mm -hmm. of different opinions because then from there you'll get more value out of everybody's think tank. I call it okay. because everybody has a different approach too, right. and sometimes also the different there's different disciplines that some advisors have that others don't. So, for example, compare myself to the Morgan Stanley advisor mm -hmm. that can definitely tell you, hey, listen, the next big pharma stock will be this. I definitely advise you today to get into that. Because he or she is watching the Dow Jones today, right now, screen wet. I'm not, I'm not the person watching the Dow so Jones. So, where do you fit in, in those three? I would say more on the risk management side okay. for me. Okay. Because I say I look more long term. I say okay. I look at the more of the defensive. I say, listen, I'm talking about things go wrong. What's the, what's what where's have? the armor? What where's the have? armor? Yeah. And in this year with COVID, uh, I believe it brought a lot of awareness in that did sense. You, did you have a lot of claims? You know what? No. Okay. Thankfully, no. Thankfully, no. And there, and uh, I know that people got scared. What I did have actually that was the reverse. I had a more a lot more applications. Yeah, you might want to get insured. People got applications. Yeah, yeah. And it, because it did affect the industry to a degree, people uh, some of the carriers at some point were kind of shrinking their market and not allowing a lot of some people to even apply. But I see you post a lot of stuff on Instagram about um, people not even have to take physicals. Sometimes, yes. Now, th that's also been a, 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 a side effect of COVID okay. also. A lot of companies going through a different way to underwrite clients mm -hmm. where they don't have to necessarily be examined, at least not up front at the, okay. at the moment. If they can have gather enough information about you based on different databases like your medical information bureau, your motor vehicle report, your prescription history, and they can get enough information just based on that, they can render, they can tender an offer wow. based on okay. that. So they have access to all that. Right, correct, okay. correct. Uh, right now in New York, they, it's a little limited compared to other states. Mm -hmm. So for example, most carriers in New York may go at most a million dollars to offer without necessarily seeing somebody for a physical exam. Okay. Uh, other states will go higher, but New York's obviously its own individual kind of. Okay. Play, playground. So, so what would you give? What advice would you give somebody who um, is starting their business? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe has, maybe is getting married. Um, like, what would you tell them? Hey, man, you should get, should you get insured? Sure, sure. Well, I, I say it this way because they're at the beginning crucial stages, and we both know what that's like. Mm -hmm. The beginning crucial stages of building your business, building your empire, and the last thing you would want something to go wrong. Anything go wrong at any given point. So I would say that a person looking at their business plan and saying, okay, you have a three-year business plan, a five-year business plan, a 10-year business plan. Where in that business plan is your risk management part? Because we also have to know that, let's say, for example, you just open up a restaurant and you're the owner of that restaurant. Well, that restaurant rises and falls on you as the owner. Right. So yeah, how is, right, you're, so you're the key person in that business. We want to make sure that you, the golden calf of that, of that business right. is protected. Because if that if that falls apart, then everything else will. It's a house of cards. It just goes right under. Especially if you're building, if you're having also a family and they're depending on your income, um, it's important. 
And also, if you're switching, right now there's so many people out there watching this that maybe have been career changers or are becoming business owners for the first time. Entrepreneurs. Especially entrepreneurs. Name, sexy name. Yeah, entrepreneurs. Yeah. Especially now when maybe they notice that the way the economy's been going and the labor market's been going, they're better off working for themselves than working for somebody else. But now the, the responsibility of putting all those benefits you were used to, the dental, the health, the vision, the medical, the, the life insurance, all that now falls on you. Right. So now you have to be your own HR, your own benefits person, your own advisor in that respect. Yeah, there's a lot but you of can do it. But you can do it. It can be done. It's just a matter of now looking for an individual person like myself and say, listen, now I'm a business owner, but I need to get, at least to get some basic stuff in. What's the basics actually at least have in the meantime? Right. right? And then that's what we talk about. Disability insurance, life insurance, major uh, medical insurance, dental, things like that that we start putting in place for that business owner. Good to know. Good to know. Um, also, I've heard this in the past, but you can confirm or deny it. I, I've heard that when people start businesses together, partnerships or corporations, whatever, usually the partners insure each other. Correct. All Correct. Right. Correct. That's, no, that's a good point. Yeah. So that's what's called a buy-sell agreement. So let's say you have two partners, right, in a business. And so if one partner, if you set up an LLC or a corporation, that's a legal document that says you're both partners in this business, you both have equal shares. In the event of a death, what can happen? We talked about divorce. Mm -hmm. Well, there, there's also death, right? And right. so when divorce or death, there's going to be a share of marital assets. Marital assets include business ownership as well. Right. So that may mean, for example, hypothetically, you and I start a corporation. We have a business. Mm -hmm. I'm married, hypothetically, mm -hmm. right? And I pass away. That now means that legally my he spouse can now step in as in, in my shoes as mm -hmm. now your new partner, mm -hmm. right? And she may actually be... Uh, you know, a really great makeup artist have nothing to do with real estate. Right, right. So then that's going to be a problem. So, so the life insurance would be like, oh, well, listen, we had this value. Correct. Here's your buy. This is your share. Yeah, of correct. Company, so now the company is 100% mine. Correct, correct. Okay. So then we have the buy sell. So right. now this, this survive, my surviving spouse will then sell her share to you and you will buy that share leveraging the life insurance proceeds. And as opposed you, to coming out of pocket. Right. And how, do you, and how are you paying for that? Is that from the corporation? It could be from the corporation. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. it actually yeah. works. That, that makes a lot of sense for mm -hmm. a lot of different reasons. And then you want to, and also to, to add to that, you want to add in an attorney with that because that also becomes a legal document that you okay. want to put. And there's different types of cross uh, uh, buy-sell agreements and also cross-purchase agreements as well, it's called. Okay. So whether the entity actually purchases it or individuals purchases it, that goes case by case. And that's when you want to get an attorney involved as well. Okay. And every state is different. And every state is different. Right. 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 So that's why the attorney comes into play. Because I can put I can put the funding in there, but the actual arrangement legally the execution all that. Gotta get an attorney. Gotta get an attorney. That has to be legal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So quick question for you. If somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to reach you? Sure, sure. Well, I'm definitely heavily on social media. Uh, you can find me at Life Insurance Mercenary. That's life underscore insurance underscore mercenary. Kind of on Instagram, it's kinda of long. Uh, but you'll be able to definitely see me. You'll probably see my little logo holding the gun, but it's uh, you can go on my bio, click on there. There's a way to be able to fill out a form, put in your information, and I'll be able to reach back out to you and answer any questions. Oh, I'm available for a DM. My information's on there as well. You can find me on LinkedIn, Darwin Roman, on Facebook, Darwin Roman. You'll find me on any social media platform, and I'm always accessible. And even if I can't help, I can find somebody that can help you as well. And also, I'm not just licensed locally here in New York. I'm licensed in multiple states. What states are you licensed so, in? So I'm licensed in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. North Carolina, Florida, uh, recently Texas, and recently Washington. Wow. And also, oh, I forgot, Missouri. Missouri. Were you in another state recently? Where were you? Uh, Texas. You were in Texas getting licensed? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. okay. I happen to be, uh, so I know somebody that from Jersey moved to Texas. 
And I said, hey, I'll be visiting in Texas. They go, great, I, I'm married now, I live in, I live in Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, I said, great, I'll see you there, I'll be in Houston as well. She said, great, matter of fact, I need some life insurance. We started a trucking company. Great, no problem. So she said, please get your license. No problem, so I got my license and now they're becoming clients. So eight states. Eight states, That's yes. Awesome. Yeah. All right, you heard it here first. Hopefully you've been of service. Um, it's not all about making money, it's also how do you preserve the money. It's not only about starting a thriving business, it's about how do you leave your legacy to, the, to, to people after you, whether right. God forbid you pass away or God forbid you, or you want your kids to carry it on. And hopefully we've been of service. And that's what we always claim, 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 we always plan to be of service. That is like the main thing we have in common. So thanks, see you next time.